McDavid cuts to the middle, bobbling. The puck, here's a pass to Dreisaitl. Back to Bruce, running team left. Taylor play action again, steps up, dumps it down, Barkley, and his steam, Saquon stays on his feet, and he takes it in, touchdown Giants! Bases loaded, one gone in the ninth, Stanek's 1-1, one, one. he is thrilled, on a line, left field, and gone! Adolis Garcia makes his statement, and the Rangers have their sights set on game seven! Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Saul 34 on a Monday morning, October 23rd. Welcome to the big program. Uh, good morning. Uh, ooh, a little uh, ugly out there on the way into work. Uh, snow, minus five. <laughs> Colder as the day gets on. Come into the Stingray Studios in a planned power outage uh, going on. Uh, couldn't get a coffee. It's kind of like the, the, the feeling around the Oilers right now as it's just sort of... Uh, a little dark right now with uh, a one, three, and one record after the loss uh, in overtime on Saturday night to the Winnipeg Jets. And then, of course, the announcement yesterday that Oilers captain Connor McDavid will be out of action one to two weeks. And you kind of get the, the feeling in Oilers Nation that uh, there's a little uneasiness is probably the word right now uh, after the start to the season, after five games. And now the captain out of the lineup for, well, at least one week. That means, uh, and it's kind of funny how they said one week to two weeks. Uh, you know, everyone knows what's going on this Sunday. Yeah, it's the Heritage Classic at Commonwealth Stadium, and it's a lot of hype and you know, you want to have McDavid playing in that game. Everyone knows that. Uh, they never said the Oilers uh, in the release that he would be missing the game. But let's just uh, call a spade a shovel here and um, add two plus two. You know, a, a one week means he's not playing. Uh, you want to sell as many tickets as you can. You want to keep the game hyped as much as you can uh, from a league standpoint, from a city standpoint. Uh, hence the fact that the no announcement concrete that he is missing Sunday's game against Calgary at Commonwealth Stadium. You know that uh, the Oilers Nation, again, is a little uneasy when you're starting to get texts uh, long before the show. one 401 one Evolution says, Do you think the Oilers are in panic tomorrow if they lose in Minnesota? Maybe. Panic mode is a, a strong um, statement, a strong term. But you know what? Vegas coming out of the gates here like a house on fire. The Oilers are ready. Nine points out. Nine out of first place in the Pacific Division. The Pacific Division is just garbage right now. Garbage. It's that simple. Besides Vegas, the only team above 500 is Vancouver. No one else is even close. I shouldn't say that. It's close because it's just so early. Vancouver's 3-2. and two. 
LA's 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Everyone else below 500, including the Oilers at 1-3-1. In Minnesota tomorrow, the Rangers are here on Thursday and then the Heritage Classic on October 29th, 5 o'clock, Sunday at Commonwealth Stadium. So even if, I mean, if anyone can heal, it's Connor McDavid quickly. Uh, but the, in the big picture, you don't want him even playing in this game just because of the uncertainty of ice conditions and who knows whatever else and, and things like that. Um, probably have to err on the side of caution. Uh, even though the Oilers will not say that and no one's really saying that he will miss the game for sure. I think, again, you can probably see the forest through the trees and and, and then uh, look at that situation where he's not going to be playing Sunday um, against Calgary at Commonwealth Stadium. Um, Rockford, would you look at signing battle-tested cup winner Eric Stahl? as a fourth-line center. I think everything is an option right now. I think there's actually, even this week, you're, you're going to be getting more medical reports on Connor McDavid, more tests done, more things like that, um, just because you have to take this very, very um, seriously. So who picks up the slack? Everybody. That's how it goes. Uh, but more specifically, I think you have to look at a guy like Evander Kane, Connor Brown, even though that he's been out for a long, long time, just played five games. But between Connor Brown, Ryan McLeod, Dylan Holloway, zero points in those three. Patrick uh, Evander Kane's got one point, one assist. Um, about three and a half years ago, maybe, yeah, three and a half, Connor McDavid missed about a half dozen games. At that point... Um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Leon Dreisaitl played together on a line for the most part during that stretch. The Oilers were, um, I think, 3-2-1 and one over that stretch. Jason Greger had a, a kind of an article on uh, Oilers Nation, kind of depicted what happened in, in all those games. It was kind of interesting to see exactly where uh, everything kind of sat and what the lineup looked like. The Oilers roster right now is much, much deeper uh, than it was uh, three and a half years ago. But uh, for the most part in those games, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisettle did play uh, together. Will they play together now? I don't know. Probably separate them, you would think. Um, there's enough depth right now that they can move those guys around and separate them. So we'll see what happens at practice. Oilers practice today, by the way, at 11 o'clock and then head to Minnesota for tomorrow's game against uh, the Wild Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday this week games. Uh, coming up at 7.20, we will check in with Low Tide. Alan Mitchell will uh, guest with us at 7.20. Um, really looking forward to uh, today's kind of football angle after we get the Oilers uh, uh, kind of for the first hour or so. We'll be basically focusing on Oilers and uh, the NHL and things like that. But at 8 o'clock, broadcasting legend, comms legend, all-around legend, Dave Jamison will join us in studio uh, as our guest Co-host is Laurieanne Munzer, continues her vacation in fabulous Europe, uh, probably somewhere in the Greek Isles right now.
just sunning. You know what? She, what she's probably done is probably done about an eighty k bike ride today. Is what she's done. Um, but anyway, Dave Jamison will guest with us as a co-host from eight to ten. Uh, Mark Spector joins us uh, every day at eight o'clock. He will uh, be here for on the mark for Booster Juice. Uh, get his thoughts on where the Oilers have to go moving forward here without Captain Connor McDavid between one and two weeks. Uh, that was the release sent out by the team yesterday. So uh, with Dave Jamison, oh boy, it is, we're going to, we're calling it the double E power hour from nine to 10. Does it get any better than this from uh, 20 years ago when you looked at that uh, great cup championship team from 20 years ago? And of course, Terry Vaughn had his uh, uh, number uh, in, on the wall, his name on the wall of honor at uh, Commonwealth um, uh, at the end of August, it was a beautiful uh, weekend for Terry Vaughn, and we saw a lot of guys come in from that team, including Ricky Ray and the former double-E quarterback. Ricky Ray will guess with us at 9 o'clock. Then, how about uh, Batman and Robin, two of the most fearsome linebackers that ever played uh, uh, for the green and gold. Singor Mobley and Terry Ray just uh, dominated the, uh, the linebacking position for the uh, green and gold in that early 2000s and to 2005 man oh man it was fun to watch those guys play and good just great teammates great teammates um and then jason moss jason moss head coach to the montreal alouettes uh again how about the double e power hour from nine to ten uh and then at uh, 10 o'clock Kevin Lowe. Kevin Lowe will be with us in studio with Myrna Khan, uh, executive director of the Oilers Community uh, Foundation. Um, so, I mean, it's a big week. Obviously, there's tons of things going on. Uh, I mean, just a massive amount of stuff that's happening, not just this week, uh, or not just the game, but all week going on. I, you know, I saw Kevin Lowe down uh, in Ice District on the weekend. Uh, they had some news conferences talked about uh, what's happening coming up, uh, just all the things that are going on off the ice because, I mean, there's so many things that that kind of, uh, uh, you know, correlate with the, with the game on Sunday. But uh, more importantly, the uh, Oilers Community Foundation is kind of doing a new initiative as well and it's kind of it's it's called every kid deserves a shot so Myrna Khan will uh, discuss that and Kevin Lowe will look back to 20 years ago and look back uh, to uh, obviously uh, this weekend uh, 710 in Edmonton uh, let's welcome in the Duke of Delburn Brandon Douglas another big weekend uh, I don't even know where to start Duke did you make it down to Claire Drake Friday night first of all uh, I did not, Kevin. Oh, that was a tough one for you. It was a tough one because uh, once we wrapped up uh, the program here and, of course, Fantasy Frenzy following, I uh, yeah. usually camp out here just outside the studios to finish my post-show work, uh, cutting up some social clips and the like. But out there waiting for me was the remains of the 40-ounce oh. steak <laughs> from our friends of the Canadian Brew House that you and Eddie Steele each uh, lobbed off a few slabs of, leaving me with... Somewhere between probably twenty-five to thirty ounces to complete. And did you I, do? You never did it. Yeah, I ate. I ate the whole thing and then uh, <laughs> went home for what was supposed to be a, a quick afternoon rest before making my way over to the Drake. And I went into a complete meat coma and You're slept kidding. till about nine o'clock at night. So. so you probably pumped back. I'd say twenty-five ounces out of that. Pretty close, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> it was good though, man. It was good. You know, I cleaned uh, cleaned up all the sides as well. Those potatoes were top shelf. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. 
Well, I wasn't sure I wasn't going to let it go to waste. And uh, I think if, if Low Tide had come out and seen there was still some left to, he would have been quite raw because he wouldn't have any despite us offering. But he said, you better not let that go to waste. So I had the, the fear of the tide bearing down on me as well. Well, plus, I mean, uh, between uh, CBH, Patty came in, and then we had Bonton Bakery come in. That was, uh, I mean, I was moving fairly slow at the <laughs> Friday hockey at noon. I mean. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. And Eddie came in three times. That's the best part. Eddie came in to start the show, which he normally would, seven to nine. Had, wow, well, I think he had probably the one monkey bread, then he had something else. Then he came back with his son, Jackson. That was cool when Jackson came on the air. Wolfed on a couple other things. Then came back again and had some of the steak. I mean, and so Patty was saying 2,500 steaks is what they would have done at the CBH on Saturday. That's insane. And those steaks, like... It was and it was good. Like it was like it wasn't like it was just some like random piece of meat. It was like unbelievable. I had a buddy text me from um, Kelowna on uh, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, and he was just he couldn't believe what was going on with the size of this thing. Gooley just said, "Man, this thing is it's like the the, the meat we get back home from Ottenbury's uh, meat market." But man, that was a big big steak. Uh, so after the uh, meat coma, then uh, uh, you had hockey last night, Duke. Last night I did, yeah, eight so o'clock skated, out of the Drake. So you skated uh, off all the, the from the meat coma, skated the the meat out. Did you have the meat sweats too? Uh, I had the meat sweats. I had a little uh, dehydration sweat going on. I had a few beverages on Saturday night as oh well that then um, carried over as I, you know, my typical Sunday just camped out watching uh, games all day. Uh, across the various networks. Um, pretty decent day of NFL football, which was good to see. But then once again, missed the, the Sunday nighter because of hockey, mm. uh, minus the first quarter, of course. So it was um, it was a tough showing for me last night. I will say that uh, we uh, did not, were not able to scrape out the W down at the Drake, but we'll be back uh, with a vengeance next Sunday night for what's going to be a pretty slim squad with uh, the Heritage Classic going on. A large oh, yeah, majority yeah. of our team uh, has tickets to go see that. So I'll need to be in a top top form next Sunday night. <laughs> um, fantasy football for me, Duke, now 0-8. Kevin. 0-8. Oh. Lost another tight one um, by three and a half points to the second worst team there in the league. So it's very disappointing. Um, I'm sure I'll hear it from Gregor here as the day goes on. Very, very disappointing. Uh when we come back, we will check in with Alan Mitchell, co the host of uh, Low Down with Low Tide from uh, noon to two right here on Sports 1440. We'll talk about uh, the Oilers, Connor McDavid, and uh, where the team goes uh, and moves on from here. That's coming up right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Uh, all right, welcome back to the big program. 33 years in broadcasting. Never thought I would intro... Alan Mitchell to Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers uh, as we welcome in uh, the lowdown with low tide in our puck report for today because uh, that's what Alan Mitchell does. Uh, our puck report is brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now during the road ready sales event, you can save up to 25% on select tires. Bonus of 50 bucks off any service until October 21st. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Uh, Some restrictions do apply. Good morning, LT Tide. Alan, how are you? Good morning. I'm good. I, I love Dolly Parton and I love Kenny Rogers. Dolly Parton more, but I love both of them. And I love that song. So You do, eh? All good. What, and you like, what about Kenny, though? You, you must like Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Well, I, 
I do. I just don't. I don't love him the way I love Dolly. You know, who and does? I, I love, uh, well, <laughs> that's that's hard competition, sir. You know, it just is. If you ever want to hear a great song of that never really got a lot of play from Kenny Rogers, uh, check out "I Am the Greatest." I will. Okay, I will. and you're, and it's a bit. It's about baseball too, and you're a big baseball oh. guy. I know. Hello. So yeah. it's about a baseball and a little kid playing baseball. Okay, I, you, I, I look forward to listening and to And I bet you'll have a tear in your eye when you hear the rest of the whole song. Well, okay. And then, then I'll, I'll, I'll come over and I'll say to you, I just dropped by to see what condition my condition is in. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll see, you know, you and I are the old, the, the old guard around here. We got to kind of, you know, talk about the old times a little bit, so. You bet. All right, Alan Mitchell, uh, low down with low tide is our uh, guest on the uh, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. So you heard the news yesterday, obviously, and uh, I would imagine it's the same with everyone else in town, kind of a little deflated, seeing that Connor McDavid's out between one and two weeks. I, I'm not sure why they didn't just say he was going to be missing the Heritage Classic, because I would assume that he is. Where do you see yeah. this kind of shaking down here in the next little bit, Tide? Well, I think that it, it's it, people will say, "Oh, it's an opportunity too," and that is true. But there's nothing positive about this for two weeks. The Oilers, uh, if they play seven games, they're they're not going to have the same record they would if Connor McDavid were there. He's he's absolutely the center, and he should be. I mean, the, the Oilers, you can argue they overuse him, but who wouldn't? The guy is the, the most brilliant hockey player possibly in history, but certainly of his era, certainly of this century. And, uh, you know, the fact that he's hurt isn't positive. There are some positive things about it. It's obviously not a tear. That would have been six to eight weeks, I believe, is the the diagnosis for that. So he's got an issue, but you you want him healthy and you want him back. When And when he's back, they're going to have to make hay. They, they started off poorly, which is a concern, and there's some things that they need to address. Uh, and, and I think that... that Connor McDavid's injury will will highlight those things because up the middle they don't have a fourth line center and now they don't have a number one center. So we're going to see some real innovation from Jay Woodcroft. I like him as a coach. I think he's got his work cut out for him for the next couple of weeks. Well, I think you have the number one center in Leon, right? So he he moves into the number one hole, um, and then I think you probably move Ryan Nugent Hopkins into the number two hole, and you leave Ryan McLeod where he is. But I mean, this team's a lot deeper than what the team was three and a half years ago when uh, Connor McDavid missed some time. That's true. They they do have some issues, though. If you run the four up the spine, uh, let's say it's Leon Nuge, Ryan McLeod, and Dylan Holloway. Uh, Holloway's foot speed would be very useful on either the Dreisaitl or Nuge and Hopkins line. But Woodcroft has been, Jay Woodcroft has been hesitant to put him there, and I'm I, I, I wonder about that. I, I wrote about it in The Athletic today. I, I just wonder why. I know that he's uh, defensively less uh, reliable than Matthias Janmark, but Janmark and Ernie and so far Connor Brown uh, and Evander Kane have been, uh, uh, you know, there's nothing spectacular about their offense. It's early days, and Brown, of course, spent a lot of time, you know, I think, think he played four games last year, but Holloway's shots and and chances are way up year over year at five on five and if i were uh ken holland and jay woodcroft and understand i'm not i would send down adam Murdy. i'd call up a center like lane peterson or james hamlin and i'd put holloway I'd just insert him on a, a line with one of dry and 
Nugent Hopkins. Because if you run the four that I've mentioned up the spine, if you run McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, McLeod, and Holloway, you don't have enough wingers, not enough wingers to really move the needle. And that's a problem. The Otis have 20, 20 guys now. They can't replace McDavid with a roster player. So... I think they should make a recall, and you know we'll see. But I think that Adam Murray would be the guy to go out. Yeah, well, if they do make a recall, obviously they have to send someone down because they don't have the cap space to bring someone up. Uh, if unless they put someone on injured reserve, because it's just the, the math doesn't doesn't work. So for the time being, uh, starting tomorrow, unless there is a call and a, a swap of players, uh, it would be seven. Uh, defenseman and 11 forwards. Do you like 7 and 11 tied? I don't, but I think that Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson do it very well. Uh, you know, I did a, I think it was last year, I just ran as best I could how many, you know, wins they had uh, and, you know, goal share, goal differential they had when they ran 7-11 as opposed to 6-12. And it was very good. It was, it was strong, as a matter of fact. So I think that, that they have figured out a way to hide the younger defensemen when they run 7-11, and it seems to work good. Now, part of the reason that they've done so well is that they had McDavid double shifted or or Drysaddle double shifted, and and I you know I think that Drysaddle is going to be playing enough all by his lonesome here. So I, I'm not sure how they'll cover off that 12 forward. They might just run three lines and then insert extras as as, as required, but. Um, they're 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 an innovative group. Woodcroft and, and Dave Manson mm-hmm. have done some really innovative things since they got here. So we'll we'll look forward to watching what they do. But I think seven eleven is what they'll do. And um, I, I I always wondered whether they would ever think about like uh, you know a player like Ben Gleason was so fast and so good offensively and had a little bit of. Uh, um, you know, issue defensively. I wonder if they'd ever think about putting a defenseman, you know, up, up, you know, at forward from. Time I don't to time. see that. Happen. Yeah, I, I mean, right now, just the way the with the way the roster is constructed. I mean, they just there's not a lot of options unless you're sending someone down, uh, yep. like an Adam Ernie, and bringing someone up like Elaine Peterson. But uh, right now, it just they just don't have the wiggle room. Uh, they don't have the the, the personnel to do that. Uh, in the sense of uh, with the cap and, and things like that. But we've got about three, four texts in this morning, uh, LT, about Eric Stahl. Sign Eric Stahl to a league minimum. In my mind, if, you know, I think if he wanted to be here, he probably would have been here a long time ago. It's probably a case where the Oilers would like a player like that. Yes, they would. Why wouldn't they? Uh, to be a fourth line at a league minimum. Um, but I don't know if he would, if Eric Stahl wants to be here. Is there a fit? in your mind, for a player like Eric Stahl, who technically would have been your Brandon Sutter, I guess. Yeah, he, he would have. You're exactly right. You've, you've hit the nail on the head. But one of the things that, that fans don't talk about, and, and it's not like, you know, it's not like it's, you know, known for everybody, but there are guys who are, uh, like, they stick <laughs> to a particular area of, of North America. And Stahl, you know, he's been Carolina. He did play in Minnesota, Buffalo, Montreal, Florida. He's an Eastern <laughs> Seaboard guy, uh, and and yeah. I like. I think, I think if Stahl wants to play again, I'm looking at his numbers from last year. His his possession numbers were were very good. Uh, my suspicion is that he will have some team on the East Coast that's saying, you know, just bide your time, stay in shape, get some some skating in every day, and uh, at some point in time, we might, you know, pick up the phone and call you. 
that's that's what I think. If we see him again, and I don't know that we will or won't, I think Eric Stahl will play for a team in the Eastern Conference. Alan Mitchell, low down with low tide is our guest uh, on the Kevin Carey show. And, you know, sometimes we get these mall walkers that come in here, as you know, uh, tied and uh, one of them just came into the, into the Stingray studios. One Dave Jameson, who's going to oh. be, yeah, he's going to be co-hosting uh, from eight to 10 this morning. And, uh, you know, nothing like showing up a half an hour early for your shift, huh? As a, as a guest co-host. Well, the thing about JMO is that you are the luckiest guy alive. Yeah, because he's a, he's like uh, it's, and I like you know I'll tell it so he can. It, working with JMO is like if you, you can you can actually have lunch with somebody <laughs> and still be on the air with him because he can carry everything. So that's uh, you, you know go you can go wall mall walking while he's out there because he's he's such a pro and such a great guy. Well, I'm looking forward to it because we've got some great guests coming up to it uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. A lot of uh, Dave's, um, you know, good friends. They're friends. Uh, Ricky Ray, Singor Mobley, Terry Ray, Jason Moswell, guest with us from uh, 9 to 10. Talk a little bit about the old green and gold days. So, Connor McDavid. Will you do me a what, favor, yeah, Kevin? Sure, for sure. Will you, will you uh, at least once during your time with him, will you look him in the eye and say seriously, write the book on the CFL because okay. JMO has the definitive CFL book in him and uh, he could write it uh, and he could even change the names, but it would be a great book. Okay. Write the book on the CFL. <laughs> That's what you want me to say. Okay. I, yes, I do. I really want to read that. I'll pay, I'll pay 120 cash dollars for it. <laughs> Well, I mean that's uh, that's I mean there's no question he's got the stories for all oh, yeah. and especially here. I mean yeah. you know but in his position what he was doing with uh, the green and gold for all those years. I mean you see it on a league-wide standpoint, league-wide basis so. Um so with Connor McDavid out one to two weeks, I I said I just don't see him playing in the Heritage Classic. I mean, no. they didn't want to say this because you know you still got tickets to sell, you still have hype to sell, you got to you got the sizzle and the steak to sell, but um, they got to keep him out of that game anyway. I was just saying, even just with conditions on the ice and whatever, there's so many variables. Uh, you got to err on the side of caution. So with Connor McDavid out in your mind two or three of the top players that have to pick up their game right now? Well, I, I think that, that, um, that Connor Brown isn't scoring, but he's, a, he's playing well without the puck. He's playing well as a two-way winger, but you want him to score. Evander Kane is the big worry, and I, I, I do think that, that you know this time away, the risk problem, he's, his shots are like half from a year ago. He's shooting about half as often. He, he needs to be Evander Kane, and that's probably the number one guy. The other one is Evan Bouchard. Bouchard has been, you know, he's a really good puck handler. He's been fumbling the puck, and I think his confidence is a little racked. Um, I, I think the coaching staff could do uh, him a, a real favor and put him on the third pair for a while and elevate uh, Broberg and, and play CC with Nurse. I don't know that we'll see that, but I think Bouchard and Kane, and then to a lesser extent, although I don't want to pick on him because he's playing well, just not scoring at all, Connor Brown. Okay, I look at those two for sure, Brown and Kane, but I also put McLeod and Holloway in the same group. I, I, you need much more uh, offensively from these guys. They have to generate a lot more than what they have been. And when I look at, at Holloway, 
you see it in glimpses. You see in flashes uh, what the player is and what the player can be. How? What do you think he has to do in particular, um, Dylan Holloway, to get to the stage where he's contributing little more so than just kind of darting in and out of traffic, darting in and out of certain areas. Uh, what does he need to do to focus in your mind, uh, tied to contribute a little bit more to this team, even though he's still a young guy? Well, I, here's what I think. I think that he and Warren Fogle have the same advantages and the same issues. Uh, Fogle and, and Holloway are fast forwards who can get chances because they're quick, they react quickly, and they can take a pass, and they can skate well. The problem is that they aren't elite finishers like like Kane or Hyman or Nuge or Drysaddle or McDavid. However, the Oilers, if the choice is between Matthias Janmark and Dylan Holloway, I think what you do with Holloway is you put him on a skill line, put him with Nuge, put him with Drysaddle, and see what he can do. You've got, you've got two weeks here. This is the ideal opportunity to just place Holloway on a line as a winger with a real high-end skill guy because God love Ryan McLeod. He's not a high-end skill guy. See what Dylan Holloway can do. He might cost you a little bit defensively, but he might surprise you. He might score, you know, he might pop a couple of goals, get hot and get confident and and go on a little bit of a a scoring streak. So uh, more than anything, I think Holloway needs the opportunity to play with some of that high-octane skill the Oilers do have at center, even without McDavid. Alan Mitchell's our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Uh, When you're, uh, I'm talking about myself, I get calls from friends that are, you know, season ticket holders that drive in from Red Deer, that uh, watch all the games, that are at the games. Um, Everyone talks about how much they feel that Matthias Ekholm on a five-on-five situation has to worry about and play um, with the thought of protecting a little more ice with his partner on the ice, Evan Bouchard. Now, I know you're a big Bouchard advocate. Now, do you see that? Do you see Matthias Ekholm um, consciously worried about where he needs to be on the ice and if he's kind of cheating a little bit and moving in certain areas where he is trying to help out Evan Bouchard. No, I, I see Matthias Ekholm as a guy who was injured, missed uh, training camp, and is catching up. Uh, I don't. I'm not worried at all about Matthias Ekholm or his positioning. He's a really smart player. What I do worry about is that Bouchard has lost his confidence, and you know he's he's in the NHL long enough now that that uh, the, the forwards on the other team are they're they're. Uh, they're hawking his his passes, so his outlet passes are being read and intercepted. I think a little bit of, of uh, change in his style, maybe he passes along the wall or uh, transports the puck more. He's got to adjust to what they're doing. But I think he's also lost some confidence here. Yeah. And and you know, I I I do think that that Ekholm um, is is a, a very fast player. Bouchard not as fast, and it might benefit the Oilers to put Broberg on the right side with Ekholm because Ekholm. Or, I'm sorry, Broberg is less experienced uh, and doesn't have the offensive uh, panache of Bouchard, but he is fast and he is big and he is learning to read the ice. So uh, I think I, I would like to see Bouchard spend probably 10 games on the third pair, play him on the power play, but build his confidence back up because it isn't there right now. Uh, and if they if they feel like they want to run uh, a, you know, a different 
a different way. Broberg and, and Bouchard have been a good pairing. You could put them on the third pair. But Ekholm's the one guy, even beyond Darnell Nurse, I don't really worry about his game. I think his game is a little bit uh, less than it will be when, it, when it's optimal, just because he's still coming back from injuries, not quite at where he would be if he'd had a, a training camp. But he's Ekholm is a very good defenseman. He's top drawer, really, for the honors. Hey, uh, well, Low Tide, thanks for coming on this morning. I know you had to get out of bed early and everything like that. What, what do you do for the rest of the morning now? Are you right into prep work for your show, like for three, four hours here? What are you doing? Well, I climb a mountain between eight and nine. No, yeah. I, I, right now I, I'm, I'm going to make myself a pot of coffee. Uh, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm in my Winnie the Pooh pajamas. I'll yeah. be listening to uh, you and Dave here for a while. Uh, and then I'll uh, I'll begin the the whirlwind. My prep is is ongoing and constant, but yeah. I will sit down at nine o'clock and do it. Hey, uh, also, is there any truth to the rumor that you were very disappointed that the Duke just crushed that uh, forty ounce steak that was left uh, from Friday morning here, and you never got your mitts into it? I, I, here's what here's what happened there. I I was I like I I saw it, and I. I calculated how many people I would have to kill in order to, you know, have it. And I just, it was too many. I'm just not that violent. So I knew I wasn't going to get the steak. And I didn't, my only concern was that I wanted to make sure that somebody ate it, like yeah. ate the steak. And, but I'll tell you, your boy, your man, he <laughs> stepped up. Yeah. I mean, he was laying on the floor for three hours. Yeah. It was, it was sort of sad. Well, you know? While you're on, you got to listen. Do, you might as well play. Listen to this. This is what this is the whole. When you think of what the Duke did on Friday with this steak, this is it in a nutshell, right here. Oh, oh look, look at, at Dukey, man! <laughs> look at Duke! Oh, go ahead, Duke! Go ahead, Duke! Look at this guy, man! Holy <laughs> shit! Nice. <laughs> nice. So that, that was that was making its round on social media. It's like this guy golfing. So that's that's from that. So anyway, look at the Duke. Uh, anyway, uh, Alan Mitchell, thanks for your time this morning. Uh, have a good show this afternoon, and hopefully, uh, you know, I can kind of. I mean, you and Dave did uh, many many shows together. Hopefully, I can do uh, do it proud, and hopefully, I can just build on what you did with Dave over the course of all those years at twelve sixty. You are you are in for a real treat. It's like it's like smooth sailing. It's like the it's like riding in a Lincoln Continental. That's what you're about to experience. <laughs> yeah, or a '73 Gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, thanks, Tide. Uh, have a good show this hey. afternoon. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, uh, have a good day. Yeah. All right. That's the puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, once the weather hits seven degrees for seven days, it's a good time to get your tires changed over at Fountain Tire. And man, driving in this morning, you could really see uh, things changing. Man, it was a uh, little snow. The streets are kind of getting a little slippery in certain spots. So uh, drive safely coming in uh, to your work or wherever you are going uh, this morning. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little baseball, a little football with the Duke, and maybe. Even a special guest appearance uh, early by our uh, uh, co-host, our special guest co-host Dave Jamison, who came in a half an hour, a half an hour early. Laddie Schmid is like three seconds before. Uh, Eddie Steele's not bad. Eh? Dukey comes in probably 
five, ten minutes, ten minutes. Yeah, I think Eddie's benefit is being first thing in the AM yeah. that he, uh, he you know, he beats a lot of the traveling stuff, whereas Laddie's usually busting over here straight from the gym or, yeah. or dealing with the kids, family, whatever. So, uh, yeah, Laddie's uh, usually pushing it, but he always makes it nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, text in from uh, Eddie Steele. Hell yeah, Duke. Good for you, man. That steak was awesome. Let the people know. <laughs> from Eddie Steele. Uh, we're back with much more on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. 7.45 in Edmonton. She was minus 5 on the way in, and it's not going to get warmer today. So uh, drive carefully out there. It's a little slick in some areas, and... Uh, yeah, maybe head to Fountain Tire, get those tires changed. The Duke is doing that this week. Um, in case you missed it, uh, and I don't think you did, Connor McDavid uh, announced yesterday by the team that he will be out one to two weeks, which uh, takes him out of the Heritage Classic, although the team did not say that. But it's just kind of like a simple math in the sense that uh, one week yesterday was uh, the Sunday and this Sunday is the Heritage Classic. And if you're anything past seven days, that would take you out of the mix. And again, with uh, the captain, you are going to take every precaution to make sure that uh, he's not rushed back. So it's an opportunity for a lot of other players to step up. And we all know that there's a lot of guys that can uh, up their game uh, for sure. And anytime a team goes through a little bit of adversity, it's a good thing. Uh, You see how the team reacts, responds. Uh, builds on what could possibly happen in the sense of moving forward in a positive way. And you need a lot of guys to to start pulling on the rope a little bit harder uh, in the sense of guys like uh, Evander Kane and uh, Connor Brown and uh, Ryan McLeod and Dylan Holloway. And uh, hopefully those guys can, uh, you know, and it's always a situation too when, when, when one of your elite players goes down, and this is always something that gets talked about when a player comes back. When a player comes back that is uh, one of your elite players, you always say, well, everyone's waiting for him to come back, and now they're watching him. And seeing what he's doing instead of you doing your own job and doing what you're supposed to be doing. Well, this is kind of the exact opposite now. So now, you know, guys on the third, fourth line, second line, whatever, now you're not in a position where you're going, uh, I'm waiting to see what Connor McDavid's going to do today. You got to do it yourself. And you should be having that. Uh, um, that attitude uh, on, a, on a daily basis. Sometimes it's a little harder because of what ever happens during the course of a game whether it be your ice time whether it be how much you're going to be playing because of the power play etc uh one thing with the power play that i see is that you're not going to see a two-minute power play or a 150 power play with the number one unit anymore i would suspect that that gets uh, dialed back with two units a little bit more full uh with a split down the middle uh in the sense of where ice time is allotted on on that Great weekend uh, on uh, the local front. Golden Bears hockey with a sweep over uh, Calgary. The electric atmosphere in uh, uh, Claire Drake Arena on Friday night. Uh, one of our own, Joel Sexsmith, uh, scored the overtime winner on Friday. And it was a zoo in there for sure. Uh, Pandas volleyball swept. We had uh, head coach on last Friday in the Pandas. A sweep for the uh, weekend over TRU. And then uh, the Duke. Did you watch any baseball at all, or were you just watching football? Uh, in and out. In and out of the baseball Of games. your meat uh, coma. Well, that yeah, that took me out of the mix of everything on Friday afternoon slash uh, most of the evening. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a little bit of the game uh, yesterday, of course, uh, the Texas Rangers forcing game seven on a, a big offensive showing. Like we said, they just had to get back on the road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, well. 
Yeah. And uh, and uh, Adoles Garcia with the grand slam to kind of put the cherry on uh, on the Sunday at the end of the game. Um, and man, the the D backs won't go away quietly either. Uh, that's shaping up to be a, a gem as well on the other side of the bracket. You know, with Adoles Garcia, so he hits the the home run uh, in game five and walks off, throws the bad, you know, showboats the whole bit, then gets drilled, and then yesterday strikes out four times. Because he's trying to go, oh, I'm going to show you, and you know, whatever, you can't beat me, et cetera, et cetera. And then strikes out four times. And th- those four strikeouts weren't even close to being um, close. Uh, so he was almost on the hook for a big five pack and then drills a, a grand slam to win. The bigger story in that game was in the eighth inning. So they bring in Jose Leclerc. And this guy, uh, I know quite a bit about Jose Leclerc because I draft him, drafted him in our rotisserie league and he was an absolute pig all year. And now he ends up coming on and saving. That would have been his fourth save of the postseason. Uh, so you go from they never had a closer. in um, They had Smith. They went with Smith for most of the year because Leclerc was bad. Then they bring in Adolis Chapman, who was pretty good. You never know what you're going to get with him. Now Leclerc comes on, and he was their closer who they thought was going to be at the start of the year, and now here he is uh, closing out games in uh, the uh, NLCS and the ALCS, or pardon me, ALCS, and hopefully, if you're a Texas fan, the World Series. Uh, NFL, Duke yesterday, anything uh, surprise you? The biggest game in my mind, I thought, was uh, Buffalo losing to New England. They were never really in the game till they took the lead late. Uh, then... You know, really good drive by Mac Jones. Came back, made the uh, perfect drive almost in the last couple of minutes. Hit uh, Mike Kaziki in the end zone for the game-winning score with 10, 15 seconds left. Um, any other game besides Buffalo and New England uh, that you were like, hmm... Yeah, Baltimore absolutely walking all okay. over the Detroit Lions who had uh, for the first couple or first quarter of the season all of a sudden emerged as a real contender out of the NFC. But And the Ravens coming back from overseas, um, their run game kind of not falling into form after the injury to J.K. Dobbins. But Lamar Jackson absolutely balled out and the Lions looked a little bit more like the Lions that we've come to know and you know maybe love over the past uh, 20 plus years. So it's uh, I don't think it's a big issue for Detroit. They'll kind of just reset and come back. Uh, looking to bounce back. But otherwise, the Connor Halley's Chargers, uh, another big <laughs> letdown spot against the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, the Eagles asserted their dominance on Sunday Night Football last night. Uh, overall, a great slate. A couple kind of snoozer games. Giants-Commanders comes to mind there. But uh, more than enough to keep me entertained as I was, uh, like I said, in and out of uh, still recovering from my meat and a couple <laughs> refreshments on Saturday night as well. What happened Saturday now? Like, th- this weekend of yours, it just gets totally out of control, right? When we, when you, okay, after 11 o'clock, we're done with, you know, the morning show. You've got another hour, as you say, for Fantasy Frenzy. Then you do a couple other things. But it's just a runaway train from about 3 o'clock on Friday. Well, no, not <laughs> usually. This this week weekend was an exception. But here, here's actually a decent question for you, Kevin. Halloween is just over yep. a week away now. There was a, a party thrown by a friend of mine this weekend that was a Halloween party on October 21st. And you went to it. I, I went. I, I'd RSVP'd and as a courtesy, of course, show up. And Did you wear a, a costume? Uh, yes. I uh, I went as a pig <laughs> and a couple of my other... My, my friend from uh, Mondaire, the big Cebolska, is that what you called him? The, from Onion, Onion Lake? Yeah, the big Cebolia, yeah. Cebolia, yeah. Cebolia, he, yeah. Uh, he was a, uh, a chicken and then a couple of other friends were some cows, so we were the barnyard rolling in. But yeah, I, I just was thrown off because this coming Saturday is still before Halloween, so why wouldn't the Halloween party be on mm-hmm. this coming Saturday? 
Well, maybe there's so many. There used to be the old Halloween howler. Uh, do they still do that? I think so. It's still going on. It's, you know, well, I mean, I feel like I'm in, you know, when you're doing a test right now. Uh, you know, I've been in doing this show now for 34. This is the 34th show. I'm keeping track. Mm-hmm. And I've got the legend Dave Jameson who oh. came into the studio here. And I feel like, I'm. you know what I feel like? Back to school. Rodney Dangerfield, when he's yes. getting that test at all. All the professors are at the start. <laughs> right. And right. he goes, I've well, only, the guy goes, I've only got one question in 27 parts. Uh, that's how I feel. I'm being graded on my broadcasting. Uh, we're, uh, this is Dave Jameson. Dave, welcome aboard here. It's good to see you again. Good to see and you. thank you for having me. No, well, we were going to, you know, we just actually got a text from Pillman. That's why I brought you in. Okay. I started listening a half hour earlier just for Mr. Jameson. Nah. So Dave came Well, that's in. an old habit of mine, to get in early for shows. Always uh, yeah. did it when I was, you know, working way back when at CKW in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, always show up early. Never, never run to a, a never run to a live microphone. Our yeah. friend Brian Hall told me, Hall's so I don't. Yeah. So I don't. But you've got all your you've got more prep work out than I have. Well, it's old habits die hard. You won't know it by the content I'm about well, to I offer up for two hours. You know, but yes, I well, we texted each other yesterday, and then yeah. once we said what we were doing, I knew that. Well, I said to you, and I should tell the audience when you told me the the lineup that you yeah. and Brad had put together. Um, and I know we're going to talk to Mark Spector here coming up at 8 o'clock, but I said, okay, when I see something like this, I either think there are two things that are happening. I'm either right at the end of my career, which I may be, <laughs> or at the end of my life, and we're looking back, you know, this is your life, mm-hmm. right? And so if if you know something about my health or <laughs> oh, maybe no, my no, career, no. let me know now. No, but uh, that's yeah. just, you know, Brad Slater lined up a lot of these yes, guys. And you actually gave me Ricky Ray's number, yes, about I a, and I talked to Ricky, mm-hmm. and uh, we were I was just actually kind of waiting, and then this all kind of came together last week. So, there you go. You got it. I mean, we got Ricky Ray, we've got Terry Ray. Uh, yes, we. And, we uh, there was a time, hey, uh, when we led the league in Rays. Yes, we did. Yes. yes. And then Singer Mobley right. and Jason Moss. Those are four of your favorites. But that, well, yes, they are, yeah. and uh, kind of the heart of the order, if you will, to pick mm-hmm. up on the baseball theme. Yes. Uh, those guys of that era of. Eskimos football yeah. were essential. And Terry Ray, sadly, you know, it's funny, I just pulled out the 2003 media guide. Of course, that was the year they won the mm-hmm. Terry was in it, but of course got cut in training camp. Not a good day. We'll revisit it yes. with him, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, and I remember uh, Singor Mobley was not too happy about that. Oh, there were a few people. Yes. It was a tough day around that the office. That was Tom Higgins, correct? Correct, it was. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so Dave Jameson, Will co-host with us from 8 to 10. We've got all those former double ears coming on from 9 to 10. And Kevin O. Myrna Khan uh, from the OEG at 10 o'clock. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour with Dave will be Mark Spector. Uh, so we've got a jam-packed hour uh, coming up. A jam-packed show for the uh, for that matter for the rest of the way. So uh, before we hit spec at the top of the hour with JMO, it is time for a Sports 1440 update uh, brought to you by First Round. Uh, wear an NFL jersey tonight to the downtown location and you can get 50% off your wings. Uh, check out First Round just on 104th. There should be a good crowd tonight to watch the Monday nighter between San Fran and Minnesota. Here's uh, the Duke with a sports update.